Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just relax. Anything else that's going on, just let it fall by the wayside. And just remember that whatever circumstances you're in, it's an opportunity. This is not about uh, God punishing you or uh, trying to, you know, conform you to your behavior. This is about a restoration of your soul to your spirit. He, his purpose for you, what's the same this is purpose for me or for anyone, is your complete redemption, your complete restoration, spirit, soul, and body. Now, again, you and I, <clears throat> you and I have no idea what that looks like. We have some minor glimpses in the portrayal of what Jesus was like when he was here walking around, likewise Adam and Eve. But we really don't know what that feels like for you or you and I, somebody who's actually been redeemed. Jesus never had to be redeemed. His soul was never separate from his separated from his spirit. He was always one spirit, soul and body. Likewise, Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, they were one with God. They were one with themselves and they were one with each other. It wasn't until they were separated from God, from the from the garden, which was God's intent from the beginning, that they all of a sudden learned what their soul was, what their body was. They were living out of their spirit. And all their needs were met because they had eternal life flowing from spirit to soul to body. Now, I have no idea how long that restoration process takes. We don't know. I don't know whether it can be done in a a person's single lifetime. You know, if we go by... You know, Methuselah in the Old Testament lived to be 969 years old. And yet, because his spirit was dead, all it was was more of the same. For you and I, we can, we have, we can value the time that we have here on this earth by using it to our own benefit, not just existing, not just, you know, occupy till I come type of mentality. No, this is the time that God has given you is a gift. It's it's valuable, and he wants us to enjoy our time here, but also make the most of it. And, again, you know, when we understand what God's purpose is, we get a much better picture about forming what our own purpose is for ourselves. It's not about accomplishing something or impressing something or someone like God. It's being conformed. It's being restored. 
our mind renewed and transformed, our emotions healed, our our thinking conformed, our our beliefs, our behaviors lining up. And I kind of suspect that our behaviors are going to be the last to fully conform, even though as as we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, we can utilize our behavior. We can utilize our actions, our feelings, not our emotions, but our feelings in the time we have. We can use the natural circumstances to our benefit. Because again, you and I, we have authority and power over everything in this world. We also have power and authority over everything in the solical world, the supernatural realm. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it, and we don't know what to do, and we don't know how to go about exercising that power and authority. That doesn't mean we don't have it. It's like having, you know, a bazillion dollars in the bank, but not knowing how to get to it. For one thing, you know, there's going to be good stewards on our behalf, good stewards of those riches, of that power, of that authority. You don't put a sword in the hands of a baby. So God is generous and kind toward us. He knows he doesn't want us to get hurt unless it's according to his circumstances. This is part of our challenge is we have a tendency to pit God against the devil. And yet we know that God created the devil, that God created all supernatural beings. He created all natural beings. I don't know how spirit beings, spiritual beings within him, I don't know how he formed those, but it was a different process than he used for those beings with a soul and those beings with a body here on this earth. It's, he can do whatever he wants. I think sometimes, you know, when we look at, okay, what could he be doing on other planets, in other dimensions, in other time zones? He's eternally creative. He can be doing whatever he wants, whatever he can come up with. And he experiments and he tries and he has fun and he enjoys <clears throat> he enjoys everything he does because that's who he is. That's his nature. Now, you and I, as we are more and more become one, become spirit, soul, and body, we will be the first partaker of that eternal life. The, you know, what, what are often referred to as the, the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and all those. But we partake of those first. We get to eat of that fruit first. And then, because we are now expressing, receiving and expressing more and more of his nature, which is love, we are more and more able to share what we have received. 
We receive unconditionally and we share unconditionally. It's all part of the learning process to be restored to what it's like to live as a spirit being that has a restored soul and yet still lives in the body here on this earth. We don't know what it's like. We do know that, you know, per Jesus' examples, there are struggles. Now we look back at Adam and Eve, and I don't know that they had struggles. I think that's part of the whole reason God did what he did. And I don't think that he He altered just uh, Adam and Eve. I think he also altered the earth itself to allow for negative consequences, to allow for death. You know, he introduced death when he, he skinned those animals to, to clothe Adam and Eve that were naked. He introduced that, the experience of death. They, Adam and Eve might have had the concept, but they didn't have an, any understanding because they had never experienced any shadow of turning. Their needs were always 100% met. They never had any lack. They never had any doubt or questioning. They were never bored. They were never anxious. They were never afraid. They were never, never cold. They, they always, one of the things I was thinking about is when we look at who we are here on this earth, and the things, our vulnerabilities, and I think our vulnerabilities as, as being in the human bodies changes from generation to generation, from, from country to country to, to time period, from time period to, to time period. Sometimes, a lot of times, it's just merely survival. Just how do I survive one more day? But when I think about the changes that, that God did in the garden with Adam and Eve, when, when, when God split Adam into two and said it is not good for one to be alone, that there's something about isolation that I think a lot of people have a tendency to do, that that's destructive. It's actually... It's actually counter and draining to our being restored. I think it's an additional wound we embrace and hide behind. And by isolation, I don't just mean staying away from people, but I also mean not being ourselves. Hiding behind what we think people think of us and and how we want them to think of us. In other words, we manipulate, we control, and we we all do it, but we do that to protect ourselves. And that keeps us, that encourages our isolation. And to me, I'm thinking that that was very important to God, that isolation, not that he started out with, the first, you know, he said, it is not good. 
Okay, he created this, he said it's good. He said he created that, it's good. This is good, this is good, this is good. Then he said it's not good that man's alone. That to me is, is a significant commentary on the the nature of who he intended us to be and and what he intended for us to experience here on this earth. And again, it's not just about, you know, hanging out with people. It's about being able to be yourself and be accepted. And it's real hard to accept other people when you can't accept yourself. You know, most of us, there's a lot of very wounded people roaming around the earth. Again, some people are just trying to survive. But for each one of our circumstances, we want to take the whole opportunity that that every day that God is presenting to us is an opportunity to heal. God's the one who's going to heal us. So that's not the problem. You don't have to figure out how to do that. God's the one doing it. But we want to value it, appreciate it, recognize it, and be grateful for it. And, ex- and recognize, yeah, it's important to God. And if it's important to God, it should be important to us. We shouldn't be putting off till tomorrow what God wants to do today. And if he's given you, me, everything we need for life and godliness right now, we should have an expectation that those can be used, those can be appropriated and experienced right now. You and you and I, in our spirits, are already in the kingdom. We should have an expectation and an anticipation of entering into, fully entering into the kingdom in our soul and our body right now. Yeah, it's going to, you know, who knows how long it will take, and yet... He says he can change us in the twinkling of an eye. You know, I say, why we, while we sleep, maybe we could wake up and be fully restored in, in healing in an area of our life. Maybe, maybe experiences we had when, when childhood could be completely reversed. Or four generations ago can be completely reversed. And we can receive healing in that area. That's God's choice. He can do whatever he wants. But what we and and I do believe that there is a lot of healing that he has done but because we can't accept it you know god brings healing and then we have to change our soul has to change our body has to change how we treat others how we treat ourselves will have to change as the healing comes let's talk just simple about forgiveness When we truly understand about forgiveness, that forgiveness is not a feeling or a thought, it's a part of our nature. We don't forgive others, we don't forgive ourselves, or we don't forgive God or the devil or anybody else, you know, generations ago. We don't forgive them because they deserve it. We don't even forgive them because we choose. We forgive them because it's our nature. It doesn't matter whether you feel like it. It doesn't matter whether you feel it. And you don't even have to say it. You just understand you are a forgiving person because that's your nature. That's your spirit nature. 
You're also a positive person. You, you have eternal life in you, all those qualities. You are a powerful person. You, you are a creative person. All the characteristics, for instance, that you admire about God are true about you in your spirit. And the more your soul is reunited with your spirit, that becomes true about your soul as well. And yes, as well with your body. It, it's just a, you know, when it's a simple process. Of course, how, how God does it is totally beyond our comprehension. You know, but when you start thinking about the, the electronics we have, you know, the, our little phone is, is a whole computer and is able to communicate around the world and do all these wonderful things and sometimes not so wonderful. And if you showed it to somebody even 100 years ago, they would not be able to comprehend it. They, you know, when they were first inventing the computer, and I think it was Steve Jobs was trying to get people interested in making computers for ordinary people. And the manufacturers were saying, well, why would anybody want this? Why would anybody want to be able to do this? You know, back then it was, you know, minimal, minimal types of, of options. But we have that, under, that concept of where we are now is, is the most it's ever going to be. In fact, there was one point in time in Washington they were considering closing the patent office because everything that would ever be invented was already invented. Now, obviously, new stuff has been invented since then and will be, you know, on a day-to-day basis, new stuff's being invented. New patents are being applied for. New things are being made. And that's that creative aspect of God within us. And it's, it's intrinsic to us. That also comes with problem-solving. That also comes with, with relationship building. There's, just to be able to, you know, figure out how to drive takes a great deal of creativity and problem solving to get from point A to point B, especially when you have a, a bike lane or crazy people on the road next to you. You have to figure out, okay, is, do I, is it better to let them go ahead of me? All these different choices and, and problems and options that we review, we have a tendency to just, ah, that's just life. And they stress us out instead of going, okay, this is just God giving me an opportunity to exercise the creativity and the problem solving as my soul is reunited to my spirit. And then we go, well, why am I stressed out? Is there a wound there? Is there a fear there? Am I being self-critical? Am I being critical of others? Is there something in my soul that God is trying to bring my attention to? So the more we can look at our day-to-day experiences as, as an opportunity to see what God is trying to draw our attention to. Not like, okay, we're just trying to get through this and maybe score some points maybe have some some good times but you know the 
I've talked to, to Christians and believers who figure, well, you know, if, if we're doing it wrong, at least we're all doing it wrong. And, and it's like, no, that's, let's expect more. Let's expect more from ourselves, and let's expect more from God. Because it's up to God to explain himself, reveal himself, to draw us. It's the goodness of God that draws us, not our fear of him, not the fear of the consequences. This is one of the reasons, again, we, we come up with this life and death, heaven and hell. We come up with these dichotomies. And it, what that does is it actually strengthens our soul, our, our mind, will, and emotions against eternal life, against the kingdom of God. Because both life and death are two edges of the same sword that God created. They're both in play. It's the right hand and the left hand of God. It's the the bright sunshine and the heavy downpour. Those are both parts that God uses in our lives. Blessings and the joy and the difficult situations and the death. They're all from him and they're all serving his purpose. So these are some of the belief systems that we have to adjust and change and if those are areas where you struggle with, spend time with God about that. And again, you're always welcome to, to drop me a line at dianeattherinnersclub.org if you have any questions about that. But there's nothing that, there's nothing that has ever existed that did not come out of God. And when we talk about his love for us, it's not like the love that you and I have experienced. Even the love we experience that comes from God is limited because our soul would not be able to contain it. Our spirit, our spirit can, has already, is already experiencing it now, but our soul would not be able to contain it, let alone our body. Now, we're, we're working towards the process of being able to contain it. And it is interesting, why did he shorten our time frame here? And, uh, you know, time going from 90, 969 years to, you know, 80 years or whatever, that's a huge difference. That's a whole huge switch. Why? I think it's because we, the human beings here on this earth, just kind of got lazy. I've got time for that. I've got time to know God. I've got time to learn his mysteries. You know, when we look at the, the story of Abram, when he was, you know, sitting under the tree and thinking of the kingdom of God, and he had visitors, he was using his free time. He, was, he wasn't just napping or thinking about, okay, what he was going to have for dinner or, you know, how, he, how much he was going to sell his flock for. He was thinking about the kingdom of God. He was making the most of his time. And he got a response. Same way with you and I. This is We're not just here to kill time. It's not just here, you know, here today, gone tomorrow. This is our, our valuable resource that God has given us. 
that he wants us to enjoy and make the most out of it. So as we approach, again, learning about the supernatural realm, and we've likened so many different aspects of our natural you know, dwelling here on this earth, our, our earth suit, our earth body, there, we, there are some parallels that we can look at for the supernatural and the spiritual. Everything's all contained in the, the concept of, of God, of who he is, and that he is love, that he is, has power and authority, he's creative, he's omnipotent, om, omniscient. Time is, is not a restriction to him. Uh, he can he can do whatever he wants. His his and he's sharing those qualities with us, and he's learning to teach. He's teaching us to learn how to use those abilities and uh, creative aspects and the power and authority that we already have. And as we begin to go, okay, how do I do that? We start looking at okay, the supernatural realm. We're going to learn about our soul. And we've been talking about the whole concept of what we, we refer to supernatural, the supernatural realm, learning, you know, going into it as warfare, as something that's going to, you know, the, it's going to, the, violent, the violent take it by force, that there's going to be energy and effort expended. That's all true. The thing is, is we have a tendency to, to kind of put that aside because so many of us do not engage in warfare, true warfare with armor, with, with, you know, with guns, with, you know, trying to take, take the hill. That's not usually how we, we visualize our life. So find something else that makes sense to you. Uh, I spoke about using the garden. And the garden is, we could use the same kinds of analogies, that getting rid of weeds is like warfare. You have to be, make the effort. You have to take, you know, be, have a concerted plan. This is, you have to be able to define your enemy, which is a weed and which is a valuable plant, which do you want to keep. And you can go through all your different options as to how you're going to treat your garden. First thing most of us do is going to get rid of, you know, get what shouldn't be there. And then we go, okay, what's, what do I have left? What remains? What do I want it to be? And we come up with the plan. So if the, you know, where do you start? You, you go, okay, what am I afraid of? You know, very often we just leave things till, you know, they're so overgrown we get a, a letter from the city. But we start where we are. We be, we're objective. We are going to go, okay, what, are, what am I afraid of? Okay, snakes, mosquitoes. The, the briars, and we go, okay, what am I going to do about those? So it depends on the conditions of your garden, and it can, depends on your level of woundedness and what you're afraid of. So if it's a overgrown and wild, you may need to clear out the weeds and the dead trees, and you may need friends to do that. You may need to save up to hire somebody to get rid of trees or to come in and help you do things. You'll need to, to stake your own property. You'll, you'll need to take whatever precautions are necessary. The whole point being is you, it's, it's objective. You simply make a list. You go, okay, this is where I start. And then you do it. You don't go, okay, well, I, I want it just to be able to be 
over and done with. And even if you hire somebody to to do that, that's an action. That's a step you have taken to exercise your power and authority over the circumstances in your life. So you start with a plan. You do your research to determine what is possible on that piece of ground, how much shade, how much rain, whether you want flowers, do you want it all natural, you want grass, you want to plant vegetables, you want to raise sheep. What do you want to do in your garden? But I want you to think and remember that God gave you that particular plot of ground for a reason. Don't try to make it something it's not. It's God's given opportunity for you to become conformed, transformed by the renewing of your mind, the healing of your emotions, the restoration of your soul to your spirit. Don't, don't, don't reject the gifts that God has given you. He gave you the soul he wanted you to have to overcome your enemies and learn to wage warfare. Yes, it's warfare. Everything's warfare because it's, it, it, it's a battle to overcome our soul. Now God's the one who's doing it. And we're, we have our part. He has his part. And we are overcomers. It's we overcome being stuck living out of our soul versus out of our spirit. So we'll continue going from there. We'll just kind of a few more um, uh, shows to cover, just kind of an introduction. Then we're going to kind of get into some more specifics. So hang in there. I appreciate your patience. We are, we're laying a lot of groundwork. We're, we're always getting new people, so I always want to uh, cover the bases before we get into some specifics. Uh, continue to do homework. Just spend more time with God and ask him what it is that what ability that you have in your soul that he wants you to learn next. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.